Everybody and welcome to another True Stories of Tinseltown. And I have a fabu guest for you. You guys all love him. I know you do. And I love him too. The fabulous Bose Hadley. Welcome, Bose. Well, thank you, Grace. You are very welcome. We're gonna is this your twenty-eighth book? It is number 28, hard to believe, yes. Congrats on that. That is amazing. Well, it, it's, been, it's been 40 years. I started in 1981, the first book, so 28 books in 40 years. Because some people say, what do you do, a book or two a year? Well, no, it's 28 and 40 years. <laughs> well, you know, I know some people who work on their books, it's like five years. Or I knew one person yeah. who worked on her book seven years before she mm-hmm. got it out. So, I mean, it's like that. And by the time they come out in the show or something, they don't remember. So, oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. And then you have the other extreme, like Isaac Asimov, who would write like 10, 12 books a year easily. That's amazing <laughs> to me. But that was science fiction. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. You can mm-hmm. make anything up. Okay, so today, everybody, get on your blue suede shoes, because guess who we're talking about? Elvis the pelvis. Elvis. And he hated that Elvis the pelvis bit. He did, yes. He didn't mind the king. (laughs) No. Right. Who would? No, I, you know, queen, I'd be thrilled. Even if somebody called me a king, I'd be thrilled. I don't care. Just call me one of those royal Just call me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Okay, so how long ago did you start? These are wonderful quotes from people. Uh, who knew Elvis, who were family friends, who grew up with him. Um, You know, it goes into everything, his marriage to Priscilla, goes into, of course, his final years performing, his up and down stuff, and, of course, finally, his death. So it covers everything, and there is tons and tons and tons of wonderful quotes. And things I didn't know about Elvis— I found out. Me neither, really. It's it's very revealing because at first you think, well, it's just quotes. But on the other hand, my editor there uh, said it's as revealing as any biography and more than some, and also without the author's agenda sometimes or the author theorizing about Elvis. Right. Because, it, of course, I have to choose the quotes. But other than that, I'm not telling you, well, I think Elvis... Went downhill because none of that kind of thing. We just have from the people who were there and the records of what happened. And, of course, his relationship with uh, the so-called colonel. Well, you asked when I started. I sort of officially started in 2002, which was the 25-year anniversary of his death. I had occasionally found a few very interesting quotes. But that's when I thought, well, you know, this would make a very interesting book. It's, you know, quotes from people who knew him as a child, people who worked for him, other people who worked with him, including celebrities, and then posthumously people who are fans of Elvis. In other words, among stars, he's one of the few stars that most celebrities are willing to talk about because you know how most of them, their egos, it has to be about me, my latest film or series or whatever. But everyone has something to say about Elvis. He was quite a character. He was quite complex, much more than people thought. Very complex psychologically. You know, one of the quotes somebody says, it's really interesting that he's one of the very few celebrities who never went to a psychiatrist because he would have far more to tell a shrink than almost any other celebrity. I mean, there was so much emotionally and in his head uh, and again, as you say, much more complex than what people see. They see this confident, handsome performer, but that was the facade. Yeah, it's it's really sad when you get into some of the quotes. And, you know, I read into them and I, you know, that's what I do when I go, hmm. Of course. And I agree yeah. and I, I just whatever. So why don't we start um, with our little Elvis, who was, mm-hmm. he was a twin. 
Yes, identical twin, apparently. And the other twin died, and so his mother, she was smart. She used that and told him, you inherited the strength of your dead brother. And he was fascinated by the concept of, I had a double. And he would visit uh, his late twin's grave site with childhood friends and teen friends and talk to the late uh, twin and afterward he would feel much better about it because he also felt he wasn't alone in his own age of course he had his mother and that was the Yikes. closest person yeah. to him yeah. <laughs> yeah very very close yes. yeah yeah yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is this, it was partly a selfish thing. Yes, she loved Elvis and she was fearful for him, her only child and her only surviving child. But she tied him so closely to herself that it was partly selfishness. Because as a parent, you have to prepare a child to eventually go free, go on their right. own. But she, yeah, she just wanted him all to herself. And once he became famous and she had to share him with the fans... She was not happy, and she started drinking, and her health was going downhill, and she gained weight and the whole thing, and she died at 46, and that was the biggest crisis and tragedy of his life. You know, I never knew—this is something I found out—I never knew mm-hmm. Gladys was an alcoholic. I knew she was a foodaholic. I just oh, yes. And she, I'm sure she see. didn't eat, you know— Far, I don't think she had ate like vegetables and you right, know, unless they were right. fried and deep fried. I don't know. I'm I'm not making fun of her. I'm just saying no, these sure. people, you know, a lot of people in the South, you know, they Oh yeah, not they the healthiest ate, diet. Yeah, yes. they ate a lot of um fried stuff and you know, drinking just wasn't it. Yeah. Um, no, and, and yeah, you know, one of the quotes says that it's interesting how in all the coverage of Elvis, it's very rarely mentioned that both his parents were alcoholics, whereas fans of, say, Carol Burnett or Mary Tyler Moore, they know that both of each of those women, both the parents were alcoholic, but same with Elvis, but it isn't. It's interesting what is said about Elvis and what is not said, and that's what I tried to include also in this book. Um, the things you didn't know, the things the media did not play up, some of which, of course, would have landed him in lots of trouble, like being 24 years old, dating a 14-year-old. Well, that wouldn't go over today. At all. <laughs> hey, no. Even, and, and even though he said she's 16, he always would say that publicly, but she was 14. And she was being groomed, of course, as a possible wife, not for sure. It's almost like he was keeping a harem. I mean, he was promiscuous. That's, that yeah, but not no. with her. He kept her there so she can't. Right. I oh, knew yeah. somebody. Um, well, I do know some of my friend lived next door to this woman who went to school when she went to, uh, where was she, in Memphis with him. And she went to school with her. And she said Priscilla was very, very aloof. Who could, you know, you kind of get that. You know, she'd yeah. get driven up by a limousine or a fancy schmancy oh, car, yeah. sit in the back, mm-hmm. and then she would be picked up and taken back. So even Priscilla said he was grooming her to be the perfect woman. Mm-hmm. In his opinion, because he was very controlling and sexist. He even dictated what she would wear and not wear. And he had, you know, he had such a staff. Everyone knows about the Memphis Mafia. Uh-huh. But there was, one, there was one guy who was assigned as to what she should wear, what kind of clothes Elvis liked a female to wear. And uh, his taste in clothes for women often made the woman look like, well, as they'd say, a tart, you know, like a hooker. He liked the hooker look. But isn't it funny that he he thought women were either virgins, yeah. mm-hmm. um, sluts, or mothers? Yes, those were his three categories. And as everyone knows by now, he was very averse psychologically to sleeping with a female who had had a child, including eventually his own wife. That's so she horrible. Thought, yeah, I, Priscilla thought, because the marriage was not going well, much earlier than the public knew, she thought having a child would bring them closer together. Well, he was devoted to the daughter, but after she was born, uh, the sex life dwindled maybe to nothing. We don't know to what extent, but Priscilla has said it drove them apart. And now, um, before he died, he was engaged, and he might have had a second child if he had married, I think it was Ginger Alden. Right. And uh, however, if they had had a child, 
that would have been the only child because then he would go on to another female because he would not want to sleep with She'd be a mother. mother again, yeah. Yes, exactly. And he had this thing about mothers like they were sacred. You don't Because of them. his mother, right? Because of Gladys Presley, yes, definitely. And he, he slept with her for quite a while. This is not unusual. I mean, many children, including boys, sleep mm-hmm. with their mothers up until whatever, 10, 12. Uh, but she just saw to it that he was bound to her psychologically. On the other hand, thanks to her, he got his guitar and focused on music. He wanted to buy a gun. Yeah. And she was, you know, and later that blossomed. He had such a gun collection. Oh, please. He, he, yeah, a gun in his boot, a gun in the back of his <laughs> pants. Uh, people would visit Graceland under a cushion. Whoops, you're sitting on a gun. He's packing. He's well, he has it there just in case he has to shoot the television. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to have one in the living room. Bang, bang. And, and not only and shooting the television <laughs> when the news the newscast annoyed him. And not just in the living room or den, in the bedroom. And sometimes he would shoot. Yeah, there's in the book a quote about one time he shot his toilet. And uh, the maid didn't dare ask what had the toilet done to offend him, but he, <laughs> but he shot up the toilet. And, and he said, I, n- I never did like that toilet. <laughs> I never knew he shot up his toilet. That's hysterical. Yeah. I know. These are things, so many of them, that weren't reported because the media was, as you know, back in those days about any celebrity, they were more respectful of the person and of their privacy. And often with Elvis, he would enter the hospital for drug-related complaints, but it was always made to sound like it was something to do with health or exhaustion from touring. It wasn't drug-reported in those days. But that's what each drug was like a stepping stone to his death. And, of course, the colonel did not care because the colonel was in charge, and as long as he was making off of Elvis, he was preferring for him to be doing live performances, which were very grueling emotionally and physically, rather than the movies where the colonel was way down on the totem pole, the studio, the directors, studio executives, whereas with the live tours, the colonel was totally in charge, and that's what he liked. Yeah. Um, I'm reading here. Um, Vernon was handsome. That that's what drew Gladys and her love, I love that middle name, Smith mm-hmm. in her. Her dad died when she was 19, and she helped support the family. Uh, she ran a sewing machine in a garment factory, a 12-hour work day for $2 a day. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Vernon was a loafer, no ambition, out for a good time. When Gladys met him at church, she felt she was finally mm-hmm. entitled to a good time herself. She loved music and dancing. She was much livelier than he was. And two months later, they eloped. He couldn't afford the $3 wedding license. license. And Gladys was, you know, it was like a stigma. But Gladys was four years older, which was like, In those days, yeah. Buzz, buzz, buzz. You know, a woman Mm -hmm. being older than her husband, Mm -hmm. that's like such a scandal. And she basically ran the household. And and he was often away looking for work. A few times he was in jail. When Elvis was born, they couldn't afford the $15 delivery fee. It was paid for by welfare. And Gladys was one of those people, unlike her husband, who felt deeply ashamed to have to take welfare. And then later on, when Elvis was a boy and then also as a teen, they were evicted from their home for nonpayment. And this mortified Gladys and Elvis, whereas Vern was sort of like, okay, what's next? That kind of thing. Yeah. He was just sort of a, well, a ne'er-do-well kind of went along. And it says yes. in school. Yes. And then when, when Elvis then got into the money with the colonel, with, with the colonel helping him and especially helping himself, uh, Vernon was just... Uh, thrilled and just anything yes do any don't ever anger the colonel that kind of thing because occasionally eventually elvis did erupt against the colonel but not face to face and uh the father was just terrified of break them as soon within hours of elvis presley's death his father signed a brand new contract with the colonel favoring of course the colonel um never questioning anything i just let the money keep coming in and also it's in the book that uh the father kept skimming money off of what Elvis paid him because he was an employee for his son, for Elvis. Yeah. Well, yeah. All Elvis's friends were employees as well, pretty much. 
Yeah, yeah. Really. And they really were bodyguards, but he didn't like the word because it implied that maybe he wasn't strong, uh, strong enough manly. to take care of yeah. himself. But one of them, Red West, uh, who ended up being a co-author of the book Elvis, What Happened, had defended him in high school. Elvis had longish hair. I mean, not long by today's standards, perhaps, but he couldn't get on the football team. The coach said, cut your hair. And then there were some guys who wanted to beat up Elvis because of his long hair. Plus, he wore pink shirts. Uh, And this guy, Red West, who was on the football team, defended him. And Elvis didn't forget that for a long time and hired him as, well, part of his Memphis Mafia. But then eventually, when Red West cared enough to try and prevent Elvis taking all these drugs, Elvis reacted very unhappily. Uh, In other words, it's my way or the highway. That was one of his expressions. And uh, don't interfere with my drug taking. Besides, I'm not really taking drugs. I just need them. That kind of thing. Always in denial. Yeah, I think so. Because, look, he went to see Nixon and he wanted to be like a drug czar. (laughs) And And, and not only he wanted to be an undercover drug agent. Yes. Elvis undercover, like you wouldn't recognize Elvis. Mm. Put on a mustache and a a fake nose and sunglasses. That ain't Elvis. When he met Nixon, was he dressed properly or was he dressed in a jumpsuit? I I know. No, I think uh, it was uh, before the the height of his jumpsuits and all the (laughs) rhinestones and everything. Uh, But apparently, you know the film, uh, Nixon and Elvis, Mm -hmm. uh, that's what it was called. Uh, He in reality, was to some degree high or stoned when he met Oh, you can tell. Yeah. yeah, But but not in the film, notice. In the film, he's quite sober. uh, And whereas he was rambling, he wrote this rambling, incoherent letter to Nixon on the airplane, and he was advising him on how to deal with communists and brainwashing, uh, even though his brain was all foggy. And uh, the main thing is he wanted the prestige of a badge from the highest official in the land. And he would pose with all these police officers yeah. and narcotics agents as though he were one of them. And as people said later, uh, the war on drugs, Elvis was fighting it in his own home. Yeah, but I, I agree with you that he was in denial. He just thought he was oh, taking yeah. these drugs. Not that they were like, you know... He's not taking LSD. He's not taking no, heroin, or, heroin yeah. or something right. like that. He's not one but of these hippies. But it's also the number of drugs. Oh, my and God. Not just the cocaine, because he took that a lot. But, oh, 23 easily prescription drugs and then also illegal drugs. Sometimes he had two separate doctors giving him drugs. Well, that's pretty common, but now you can't do that anymore. You can't no, doctor right. shop. But I think right. now, you know, they would... Because he's Elvis, if you look today, they'd still be giving him the drugs, even though it was hard. He could get whatever he wanted, basically. People were always willing to cater to Elvis Presley, and that's part of the trap he fell into. He didn't resist it or use more self-discipline, whether it was food or sex or drugs. He could get whatever he wanted. Yeah. This is an interesting quote. Quote, quote, by Irene Sheriff, Hollywood costume designer. And I see this 100%. Elvis Presley was rarely or possibly never seen in den- denim except in a ro- movie role. Denim and blue jeans were laborers' clothes. There was a stigma of power- poverty in the lower class to them. As an adult, Elvis avoided wearing fabric, which held bad memories and shame. Yes. Definitely. Well, that's the thing. His childhood, of course, times were tough. And uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi, it was not an affluent community. But even by that standard, the Presleys were poor. Yes. And it just impacted the rest of his life. And that was partly because he he became so materialistic about buying things to make up for that because he couldn't afford this or the kids in school. That's another thing, making fun of him because he was in overalls in his one of his school group photos. He was the only child wearing overalls. And later. Well, he reacted not just he wouldn't wear denim, but he wouldn't let anyone around him. Wow. Because, you know, it's a big, yeah, that's it. Also, he became more controlling. When Frank Sinatra was threatened by Elvis's popularity, because here's this huge new star, he called him all kinds of names. He called Elvis a uh, sideburned moron, a, a goon, a, a <laughs> delinquent. 
And even though Elvis later appeared for a lot of money on Frank Sinatra's Timex TV special, he held the grudge for life against Sinatra, who, of course, was not a very nice person, and he would not allow anyone near him to play a Frank Sinatra record. Yeah, he would... Bang, kind of bang, thing. bang. Can you imagine that? Yeah, in other words, my, <laughs> my, my tastes are your tastes. And and it's also in the book how his Memphis Mafia, they were his audience. He, he was the king and they were of his course. little kingdom. Yes, and his fiefdom, yeah. And they would all sit there watching TV. That's mostly what he did when he mm-hmm. wasn't performing, uh, including with the girlfriends. And they'd all sit and watch. And then if Elvis laughed, they would laugh. If he didn't laugh, they wouldn't laugh. They they were like robots just taking their cue from him, just living almost in terror. And he would often fire them when he'd get upset. He would wait until they had reached the airport, then call them back and say, you're rehired, come right away. I mean, that kind of thing, mind games. That is, and you have that power of people and to have to laugh when he laughs. Or don't laugh yeah. when he... It's like Henry VIII. I mean, I've seen some movies yes. about him. Yeah, and, like a monarch, absolutely. Yeah, he sits there, and if he laughs, then everybody starts laughing around the table. It's like this big laugh, pass it down. Really? Because the king oh. is laughing. Oh, I love it. You've got to see the first Henry VIII with uh, Charles Lawton. It's Lawton, really good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Good. He won an Oscar for that. And, you know, another thing about Elvis's background, because not much education, first of all, he was the first person in his family to ever earn a high school diploma, but he didn't have much education, and this impacted when he became a star at first. He was meeting with other celebrities. He would uh, socialize with, say, Natalie Wood, Nick Adams, Salminio, Liberace, um, Sophia Loren, Uh, but then eventually he felt... He had an inferiority complex. Definitely. I think, hand, yeah, I think he yeah. felt it his whole life. Yes, and therefore he stopped socializing with celebrities or seeing them, didn't go to any parties because he felt that he didn't have much conversation or education. So he ruled over his little Memphis bunch of men uh, who had as little education or less, perhaps, than him and uh, was never part of the Hollywood scene. And also he avoided New York a lot because, you know, New York, sophistication, the culture capital of America, and if not the world. Um, so he'd remained in his own little cocoon, partly because of this psychological well, his hang-ups that he had. And he didn't try to broaden himself. That's another thing. The things he read, for example, were mostly not something that, you know, a really educated person would or go to the library and check out books. He would check out strange things. And uh, and you know who was his spiritual and psychic advisor? Was his hairdresser. I remember that. One good and there thing are various is her- quotes there. Yes. Yeah, from Larry Geller. But even though hairdresser, heterosexual, that is, he had a wife or wives eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Helvis did not want gay people around him. And uh, there was one quote when he was making fun in Acapulco. He was posed for a film uh, still wearing his swim trunks and all these guys because it was set in Mexico held him up as though he were a surfboard <laughs> and after the and after the photo shoot was over he was looking very glum and rather alarmed and the colonel said what's the matter son and he said one of these guys felt my manhood that kind of thing oh, don't dear. ever hire one of never <laughs> hire with that kind of man again yeah i mean he was very threatened by that and and yet he had been friends with liberace but he may have been one of those naive people who didn't realize yeah he just hadn't found the right woman yet well not just that but that liberace who you know was the stereotype well, I don't think he's gay, no, no, but nobody's gay, in other words, that kind of thing. He was also friends with Nick Adams yes. uh, and Salminio. These were gay men. And apparently, apparently, if not for sure, it was the colonel who broke up the friendships because two reasons. He didn't want him, as it were, consorting with gay men. And also, he didn't want anyone coming between himself and Elvis uh, wielding any influence over him. So basically, he, he was Gladys. Yes, after Gladys died, then that was his surrogate, not just father, but mother, too. Very controlling. Yeah, and she, I'm sure, wouldn't have liked anybody. 
he went out with. They wouldn't have been good enough for him. No, exactly. Oh, yeah, very much so, yeah. And, and of course, when there is a chapter in the book that focuses on the colonel and his background. And yes. Colonel Tom Parker, who was actually an illegal alien from Holland, who may or may not have murdered a woman in his small hometown, but he left there immediately with only the shirt on his back hours after her murder and uh, went to possibly to Canada and then got into the U.S. illegally. And his name was Andreas Cornelis Van Cuyck. And uh, he was Elvis. Now, <laughs> yeah, Elvis oh, never knew this. What, what's that stuff? Kentucky Fried Chicken. He always reminded me of Colonel whatever. Yeah. Fried Chicken yes. Man. I don't know. Exactly. I've never really seen him. But it was alleged that he was gay, but he was married to a woman. An um, older woman. An older mm-hmm. woman who he didn't really see, but it was someone right. as sort of a, you know, like somebody was there and An okay, arrangement, he's married. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but all of his uh, secretaries were handsome young males. However, my guess is that he was deeply, deeply closeted. And you see, once he got into the U.S., because he never became a citizen, he was always secretly an illegal alien, he was terrified of anything to do with authority, whether police or the government, the IRS. He could have taken, as Elvis's manager, many important tax breaks and deductions for Elvis. He never took any because he didn't want any kind of, you know, coming back to him from the IRS. And also, there were offers for Elvis to perform all over the world for huge money. And that's the thing. Here's this greedy colonel turning them all down. Why? Because he would have accompanied Elvis overseas. The only time that Elvis performed out of the U.S. was in Canada, a few shows. Uh And uh, the colonel did not go with him. That was very early on. But he always called him my boy. But had the colonel left the country with Elvis... He wouldn't have been allowed into another country, he had no passport, nor would he have been allowed back into the U.S. because he wasn't a citizen, he was an illegal alien. And Elvis didn't, you would think that he would have realized, well, why is he turning down all this major money, these big offers to perform in Japan, in Europe, Australia, South America, but maybe he just didn't question because the the colonel's word was law to Elvis. Yeah. Um, he was just a creep. I just don't like that man. And I don't think anyone around him. Really? Liked him. No, it's, it's true. Um, the things he did behind his back, and he was so blatantly commercial. You know, before he managed Elvis, he had managed Eddie Arnold, the country singer, for a while. But Eddie Arnold, uh, fired him because he didn't want to be controlled to that degree. He said, I'm a grown man. I mean, you know, enough of that. And before all that, uh, the colonel, the called, we keep calling him that, uh, he was in the carnival business. Yeah, he was a, he was a carny. Yeah. Yeah, for, for about roughly 12 years. And he had different cons. For example, there was some ordinary bird that he would paint yellow and sell as a canary. <laughs> he also yeah. He also has poor birds, and then he also had an act in carnivals called Colonel Parker's Dancing Chickens, which were poor little chicks dancing on a hot plate covered with sawdust to the Uh. tune of turkey and the straw to keep from getting burned. Eek. I know, this was... He's a, a real charmer. Partner. What a horrible man. And the other thing about it that's interesting, if you look at pictures of him, now this book is not illustrated, but it has a beautiful cover, though, Elvis Forever. Um, he started out looking okay, uh, you know, Tom Parker, so-called, but he ended up being so grotesque looking. I have uh, to really check him out. I don't really remember what he oof. looked like. Um, I was just reading that... Uh, Elvis, I wore lipstick sometimes, and I liked one of Elvis's lipsticks. Mm-hmm. They called it Tootie Fruity Red, but I made that song famous. It was mine. Mr. Presley, later on, he stopped singing my song because he said it embarrassed him. Well, I'm man enough not to be embarrassed. That is Little Richard, the other lips of exactly. culture. Heartbreak Hotel Pink and Howdin' Dog Orange. <laughs> right. So he really well, did wear lipstick, Elvis. You would think that he would be too manly. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, that's Little Richard who said he wore lipstick. Yeah, not Elvis. Mm-hmm. 
Although Elvis did wear mascara in some of his films, you know, he everyone knows he died in Sarah Jet Black because he thought it was more masculine. It was more like the stars he admired, like Tony Curtis and uh, Robert Mitchum. Uh, but he did have eyeliner put on him in some of the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was Little Richard who was, you know, the next thing to a drag queen, and he wore lipstick, and he introduced the song, Tutti Frutti, but then after Elvis did, well, he sold far more copies, and so it became associated with him. That's the case with several of his early songs. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at some of this stuff. Elvis' first released record was That's All Right, Mama. It came out August 1954 and did well, when and where it was allowed to play. Radio stations in assorted southern states refused to play it because it sounded too black. And this is Della Mm -hmm. saying that. And you know what? I don't think, I don't know. You know, I listen to all this music now and all this stuff. I don't think he sounded black. I don't either. The one who did, and it hurt him in this country because he was from Wales and Britain, was Tom Jones. When he was just starting, many radio DJs thought he was a black singer. And when when he and Elvis met, uh, Elvis asked him, uh, do you have any black relatives or, or, or have you seen any black men in Wales? And Tom Jones said, no, the only black man I ever saw was my father coming home from the coal mine. Yeah, that was a good one. In other words, covered and stuff. Yeah. And there's a very interesting quote. You know, Elvis liked to check out the competition. And it isn't generally known that in the 50s, when Elvis played Las Vegas, he flopped. I mean, overnight, they changed the billing. When did this happen? Oh, in the mid-50s, soon after he hit real big in 55 and 56. And so when he was going to return in the 70s, he wanted to be sure he wouldn't flop again. And one of the people he studied closely was Tom Jones, who was a huge uh, Las Vegas draw. And there's a quote from, there are a few quotes from Tom Jones, one of which Tom Jones is in the shower and he hears Elvis Presley's voice singing. And he says, I've been in Vegas too long. I'm hearing this. Elvis had entered his suite at the hotel, entered his bathroom, and when Tom Jones opened the shower door and he was naked, there's Elvis staring at him, and and, and Tom Jones says, now, if I told this story, who would believe it? But, uh, so, and, and Elvis just lingered there in the bathroom, just checking him out as a man, as whatever, um, and not that he was gay at all. You know, back in the day, some people thought the reason that the colonel had such control over Elvis was maybe Elvis was secretly gay, but he was not. I don't believe that either. No, not at all. But one thing that he may have held over Elvis was this whole thing about dating and having sex with underage females, several of them. He liked and those date- girls young. Yes, he liked girls, literally. Uh, from 13 to 16 was supposedly his ideal age for girlfriends. And uh, the colonel did help cover up quite a bit of that, including the whole thing with Priscilla when she was 14. Well, uh, when did she go to live with Elvis? Was she 16? Yeah, well, that's it. She wanted He wanted her to move in with him, I believe it was when she was 15, although he always added two years to her age. Mm-hmm. And her stepfather, uh, I know what happened to her original father, but she lived with her stepfather, who was an army man in, in Germany, that's how they met, uh, said, no, absolutely not. I believe she moved into Graceland at 17. Hmm. So that's when that woman knew her. Yes. And uh, they had spent, however, since she was 14, apparently it's in the book, the quote about uh, they would be alone to, even though the stepfather was, you know, careful for her, uh, Elvis and Priscilla would be alone uh, in in a bedroom, supposedly for hours, supposedly talking, but also <laughs> smooching. In fact, it was, I think, in either Life or Look magazine, smooching and, uh, you know, with a girl in her early teens and so on. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible when now, from our perspective... He'd be in big, big trouble. Oh, he'd be in the slammer, I think. Yeah, yeah. he would yeah. definitely be in the slammer. I mm-hmm. think in Priscilla's book, I read that he would ask her to bring one of her school girlfriends, and he liked to watch them sort of wrestling around in white underwear and like white yeah. t-shirt or something. But yeah, he liked the, white, the two girls. The virginal thing, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. they, you know, he he just sit there and you know, come on, yuck. 
And and various girlfriends have said that he was less fond of actual sex than of petting uh, and the smooching. In other words, various ones of them said, including like Juliet Prowse, who was a star in her day, a dancer and an yes. actress, mm-hmm. uh, and have said he was really very childlike in his taste. And another thing, he and the Memphis Mafia, they would play all these boy-type games. I mean, they're grown men, and they're having water fights and chasing each other through halls in the hotel and -and hide-and-seek. And It's like he didn't really grow up. And then another thing, he would attend, when he was about 18, Elvis, Saturday morning matinees, where almost all the audience (laughs) at the cinema, yeah, they were kids, just kids under 12, but he would be sitting there eating his popcorn and laughing away with the kids at these juvenile serials and cartoons. And that was before he started renting out, just having the, the movie theaters to himself. Exactly. What yeah, do you have to yeah, say? Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this, Bose. Um, yeah. I thought, when I read this, this is so ridiculous, that when Elvis went on Ed Sullivan, they had to oh. film him from the waist up because he was he danced so provocatively. Yes. But well, I you didn't know, see that. Well, here's the thing. When he came along in 55 and 6, and remember, these were the McCarthy Mm. ultra-conservative years in the U.S., he was seen by most of the media and parents as a sexual threat. Uh, He was called everything from degenerate to delinquent. Uh, And they reviewed him, and I have a few quotes in there about how he was reviewed in the press, as though he were performing sex on stage. But it is true that he was more uninhibited than your average white male singer who was just standing there at the mic singing, whereas Elvis was using his body. And, uh, you know, he was just a very sexual person and just came out, plus the fact that he was so good-looking. Because let's face it, if he had, let's say, looked like Roy Orbison... Who has an amazing voice, but he did not become a star, because let's face it, you better be good-looking. Exactly. You can sing like an angel, but... And even Elvis said his his voice was fairly ordinary, but it's what he did with the whole performance thing and how he appealed to females. And um, But no, he was very controversial. Ed Sullivan said he would never have Elvis on his show. Well, what happened is eventually he, like others, had to cave in and say, well, he's such a hot draw and will boost my ratings. He had him on three times. But the first time Elvis was on Ed Sullivan... Ed Sullivan did not show up as host. It was Charles Lawton, you mentioned him as Henry VIII, uh, who hosted that evening's show. And it was the third show that was the really, really famous one where Elvis was censored and shot only from the waist up. Because he didn't start on Ed Sullivan. He was on other shows to do with Steve Allen and... uh, he was told how to behave. When he sang You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog, they insisted, the censors and Steve Steve Allen, that he wear a tuxedo and he not sing to a girl, he sang to a hound dog. (laughs) Things like that. (laughs) Elvis and his fans were incensed, but getting on TV was worth it professionally. That's what they say. Um, Mm -hmm. You know... There was this thing I was watching, and it was on public television um, last year. And it was on some, a friend of a friend was in it or something like that. So they did a lot of the musical stuff, all the musical acts. So they had the Beatles, Elvis. And then they had, this is somebody they should have censored from the waist down, Ooh. is Tom Jones. Ah, yes, yeah. I couldn't believe it. And I'm not a person who, you know, inspects male members and clothes. I just, you know, it's just not something I'm drawn to immediately. I kind (laughs) of like looking at the eyes and everything else first. Yes, right. He's there all in black, snapping his fingers, singing It's Not Unusual. Uh And he is in the tightest black pants and a tight black shirt. And, honey, he wasn't wearing a sock. I can tell you that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) In other words, you knew what religion he wasn't. (laughs) He he was, yeah. And um, the woman uh, uh, who played 
she lost her virginity to him, Elvira, and she said oh, Elvira. Mm-hmm. she had to go to the emergency room because oh. he was so El Grande. Mm. Hmm. I mean, I'll bet that's public relations, though, that kind of thing. But yeah, She was I, a virgin. Was, he was her first person. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. No, well, you know, Elvis studied Tom Jones quite closely because he wanted, he was in the same mold. He had a powerful voice. And he, at the same time, he resented Tom Jones because Tom Jones's voice was more powerful. And as Elvis got into the 70s and more and more drugs, not the age so much because he died at 42, but his voice was losing the ability to reach certain notes and do certain things from his youth. And whereas Tom Jones, who was not into drugs so much, maybe not at all, uh, still had that voice, and he didn't like that. He also resented Johnny Ray, who had had even more hits initially. He, He was able to, he's the only one who had number one and number two hits from the same single, and Elvis wanted very much to achieve that also, but he didn't. And then the same with the Beatles. He met the Beatles. They had a jam session publicly. He said he liked them. But eventually, he not only resented them, he he thought they were responsible for the whole hippie movement. And, you know, he, he, he grew more and more conservative as he grew older. And he hated the Smothers Brothers, Jane Fonda, the Beatles, um, all kinds of people. And that's why he would shoot at the TV set when <laughs> there were people protesting. <laughs> People protesting the Vietnam War, he was very for the Vietnam War, even though, and this is one of his contradictions, he hated being in the army. He thought uh, it was the worst thing that had ever happened to him because his mother was still alive at that time. And uh, anything to do with the military, he hated. And when he came back from serving in the army, the colonel forced him to do a film called G.I. Blues, which was a big hit. And Elvis had to do it. But then on the other hand, he's all for the Vietnam War. And, uh, and, and yet in the 50s, instead of being for Eisenhower, the general who became president, he was for Adlai Stevenson, the Democrat who ran twice for president, didn't get it. Uh, some people said because he was too intelligent. The average people preferred I like Ike, who had been a general. He's not, you know, intellectual and so on. But... Elvis changed in many ways with his fame and with his insular little world, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really sad. He was eventually very much a trapped man. Yeah, and the thing is, he was basically intimidated by women his age. Yes. Because they had their own minds. They yes. would perhaps challenge him on some of the way he thinks or thought. And he didn't like that. He he thought that it was not good. So hence he loved these young no. tomatoes who weren't very bright. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And you notice in his films, rarely did he have a female star as a co-star. In fact, the only one as his leading lady was Anne Margaret in Viva Las Vegas, which was his biggest hit. The only two times that he had big female stars, Dolores Del Rio and Barbara Stanwyck, one played his mother, the other played his boss. But the colonel also saw to it again that nothing distracted or detracted either from Elvis in his films. And when they were building up Anne Margaret in Viva Las Vegas as an equal co-star, the colonel was furious, and there are quotes about that, uh, furious with MGM, with the director, with everyone yelling at them, yelling at everyone except Anne Margaret. And uh, and yet, look, that's his most popular film. But, that, but that's the colonel. His taste was not for what was popular or what was best for Elvis. He turned down all kinds of good offers for him. It was just keep grinding them out and doing it as quickly as possible, get the most you can. Because one thing also that is not generally known, the colonel thought that Elvis was a fad, that he wouldn't last. He really didn't think much of Elvis's talent. And so he's one of the first that started this big merchandising thing. He licensed well over 100 products, Elvis Glow and the Dark Lamps, uh, Elvis Underwear, that was very controversial for girls, uh, just what? all kinds of things. They sold uh, Elvis Underwear? Yeah, there was Elvis <laughs> Underwear. I, Were uh, they white, little oh, I hate you know. <laughs> My guess would be pink, but uh, who knows, he maybe did like as well. He white. 
But he, um, yeah, he was very much into merchandising and making wow. money in every way well, he could. His carny came out in him, being yeah. that, you know, it's like you're, you're a huckster, you know, and you just kind of how he every, was. It was. Every opportunity, he would just milk it dry. It's true, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, when Elvis was all washed up in movies, because he would be doing three movies a year and there was very little difference between them. Even the fans finally got tired of them. 31 movies he did. Did he really? Elvis did 31 movies? By the yeah, David Bowie once made a film that was a huge flop, and he was complaining and said, "This film is so terrible. It's my thirty-one Elvis movies all rolled into one." <laughs> that was just a gigolo where Marlena Dietrich yes, had a, had a gigolo. thing. Yeah, yeah, and here's the thing. Elvis Presley, uh, he didn't open the Las Vegas International Hotel. That's when he made his comeback. Barbara Streisand opened it because the colonel didn't want the psychological burden on Elvis of opening this biggest new hotel in the biggest showroom in Vegas. So Streisand did it. Then Elvis did it. And when the colonel saw that Elvis could fill the room twice a night and make all this money, everything controlled by the colonel, well, then he said, fine, we don't need movies anymore. Now, in 1975, uh, Elvis visited Barbara, and uh, she offered him to co-star with her in a remake of A Star is Born. I would have loved to seen that. Mm. I know, with the two of them, can you imagine the chemistry? Mm. And... And and he apparently agreed, but of course, who fouled it up? The colonel, because he wanted too much money from the music royalties, as though Elvis was the only singer involved. Uh, well, of course, the 1976 film A Star is Born was a huge hit, and had he been in it, it would have revived Elvis's movie career. He could presumably go on to do more films, quality ones, if he didn't listen to the colonel. And then he wouldn't have been doing all of this. He would have done some live performances still, but he wouldn't have been doing only live performances on and on and on and just ceaselessly and therefore psychologically and physically needing the drugs. He would have lived longer, almost certainly, but he didn't. Um, There's also in the quote, and one of the things that is in the book, is said that um, Babs was going to get top billing. I'm sure the colonel didn't like that at all. Because she was co-producing. Right, and her boyfriend was doing it. Yeah, John Peters. And Mm -hmm. I think he might have felt a little intimidated by Barbara. Oh, yeah, because here's a woman saying, well, no, actually, she was seven years younger than him, but a very strong woman and an intelligent woman Mm -hmm. and certainly a talented woman. And the thing is, too, remember, Elvis would have been playing the part, which Chris Christopherson did, of a washed-up, self-destructive male singing star. That's very close to home. Yeah, and it's funny, like in the earlier Star is Born, um... Uh, James Mason did an amazing job. Yes, yeah. And he wasn't the first. They asked Cary Grant. They asked all these other guys, and they oh, did yeah. not want to be seen. No, to play a loser, as it were. Yes, but that would have been great themselves. parts for them. I mean, and not only that, some people theorized that had Elvis taken that role, there would have been incredible for him an Oscar nomination because the industry would have said, "What guts it takes." We know about his drug taking, and look what he's playing, and and he could do it convincingly, presumably. Uh, he was not untalented as an actor. It's just that the films were so lousy, and he didn't get to expand his talent because the colonel turned down everything for him. Uh, Robert Mitchum asked for Presley as a co-star, and he was one of Elvis's favorite stars. The colonel turned it down. Elvis goes right along with him. I mean, it's another story about uh, total dependence on another person, the colonel says this, Elvis goes along. Uh, give me, you know, first it was 25%. The average agent to this day takes 10% of his clients or mm-hmm. her clients' uh, earnings. Well, right off the bat, it was 25% for the colonel. And after Elvis was through in movies and that income wasn't coming in, the colonel, who became a gambling addict, and that's very significant, said, well, I'm now going to need 50% of your income. And Elvis goes, okay. Uh, so uh, 
you know, it's not just the colonel being the villain that he was, but Elvis being the um, self-sacrificing lamb, as it were. Yeah, and it, I, I just, I know people around him said stuff, but I, I guess he would have cut them out of their lives. Yeah, you didn't really dare oppose him. You might make a suggestion, but uh, don't press it, because there there are instances in the book of uh, how he would get quite upset if people opposed him or interrupted him. That's another thing. Um, yeah, some, you know, this is another thing. There was the public image of Elvis as the good old Southern boy with the manners. Yes, ma'am, thank you so much, and so on. And that is true on one level. But privately, it was another thing. Um, and and sometimes he treated females very badly. Um, yeah, and as well as some of his employees. Like one time, Elvis was giving a car to uh, a couple, a husband and wife, uh, for some reason, giving them a brand new car. And one of his longtime male employees was sort of drunk and said, well, you never gave me a car. And he interrupts Elvis while he's making his presentation. Elvis turns around and smacks the guy in the face and draws blood. Yes. And and then the guy is crying and is led off, and Elvis is rather horrified by what he did, but he doesn't apologize. That's another thing. The next day he sends another of his employees to say that the employee was sorry this happened and how's the guy doing, but Elvis would not apologize. Wow. Well, yeah. no, yeah, that's I'm, what superstardom can do. And that's pitiful. Here's a yeah. quote here. Elvis didn't approve of women dressing in pants. Mm -hmm. He was turned off to anything slightly butch. He preferred mm -hmm. frilly and girly. His girlfriends, like you were saying, were instructed by one of his staff how to how to dress to please Elvis. It was all about him. Mm -hmm. All about Elvis. Listen to the stories of Tinseltown. Not only God.